Welcome to the Everyday Innovator Podcast for product managers and innovators. Your host is Chad McAllister, helping product managers become product masters. Listen and get ready to take your career to the next level for the doctor is in. Hi, this is Chad, your host, and this is where you make your move from product manager to product master. And to help you with that move, I'm doing a special live webinar on Thursday, December 14th, 2017. So if you're listening to this before December 14th, please sign up for the webinar. And you can do that at theeverydayinnovator.com slash webinar. And let me tell you who this webinar is for. If you have ever struggled to know what you should be doing as a product manager, or if you need to think more strategically the way that senior leaders really want you to, or if you want more influence in your organization and more confidence, Or how about that you love to build products that customers want, value, and tell their friends about? Well, if any of those are true, then this webinar is for you, and I'll be sharing insights that will make you a more successful product manager. I hope you can attend. It's Thursday, December 14th. Just go to theeverydayinnovator.com slash webinar, W-E-B-I-N-A-R, webinar, for more details and to RSVP. Now, a few months ago, I was contacted by a product manager who works in Hong Kong. He described himself as a newbie with about one year of experience. He's been struggling to learn what the role of product manager was really about. After trying a few different approaches to learning more, he took a really creative path. He decided to interview 30 expert product managers and create a virtual summit of the insights shared on the interviews. This would help him rapidly learn and provide an opportunity for other younger product managers to do the same. And I thought it was a great idea since my work is all about helping product managers know what they really need to know. So I eagerly accepted his invitation to be part of his product manager summit. And more recently, I was discussing his experience as a product manager and what he had learned so far. And he shared 10 pitfalls that he has encountered as a newbie product manager and that he has seen others struggle with as well. And I'll tell you, as we talk through these, these aren't just for newbies. Some of us get caught in these traps at times, too. All 10 pitfalls are listed in the show notes for this episode, which is at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 154. We had the opportunity to discuss some of the pitfalls together, and I expect you'll find the discussion helpful. Hi, Errol. Thanks for joining us on the Everyday Innovator podcast. Thanks for having me, Chad. Uh, I'm honored to be here. I'm glad you are, although you had to get up early for this. You're in Hong Kong, and I'm in Colorado, and it's, uh, I think, 5 a.m. your time. I'm an early riser. That's okay. fine for me. <laughs> well, I appreciate you doing that for our audience. So I met you now a few months ago because you had reached out to me about a product management summit that you are doing online. And uh, just give the listeners a description of what that summit is about. Product Manager Summit is the first virtual summit that I created to broadcast the product management. That I interviewed 30 product leaders and experts, uh, including Chad Yu, to share the product management knowledge with mostly junior product managers. Yeah, so you're targeting interviews that you did with 30 people about topics like how to get into product management, what to expect in product management, what's the day in the life of a product manager. A lot of information that's useful for new product managers. Yeah, and I try to categorize uh, this knowledge into six modules because as a law office product manager, we don't have a mental framework for this domain. So I try to categorize this into six modules, mm-hmm. say like Lean UX, product management essentials, uh, agile product development, uh, things like that. 
That's a good way to look at things. And you mentioned frameworks, and I'm a big fan of having a framework for the work that we yeah. do in product management. In my case, you know, I, I had been doing the work for about 10 years, and it wasn't until I came across a professional mm-hmm. organization, mm-hmm. Product Development and Management Association, yeah. PDMA, got involved with preparing for a certification they have, the MPDP. And that was just a great experience because it, for the first time, presented a framework for me to try to figure out what all these pieces of product management mm-hmm. was about. And it really helped me make sense of some things I, I just didn't really take the time to think about before. And having frameworks to help you think through what you need to do at any point in time of the of your your work as a product manager is really helpful. That's the core reason why I invite you to my summit at the first place, because that's where I interview you for the product mastery roadmap that you created. And for me, as mm-hmm. a lawful product manager, I really want to know how to become Product master from a product newbie, and you created a very idea key idea framework that people can follow. So I want to know more about it. That's why I invite you to speak to all my summits. Well, I appreciate you reaching out. What I call the product mastery roadmap is is a, a path to structure your career as a product manager throughout your career, right? going from kind of the the average product manager to someone really with influence in the organization to a senior leader in the organization mm-hmm. if you wish to. So I was glad to share that with you. And you created this summit at the time that we talked about it uh, because you were still uh, very new to product management and you thought it was, a, from what I recall, a great way to learn more yourself, right? Uh, yeah, actually it is just more a private lesson I learned for myself. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the year, I have a product job, I landed a product job that I, I know so little about the product management field. And in Hong Kong, product management is so new. And then I hire a researcher to gather all of the information online about product management. At that moment, I consume a lot of product management mm-hmm. knowledge. And it, but I learned a lot. It go, it get all into my head. And then I just realized, oh, and also I participate into some product event. I realized, oh, other people's experiencing the same frustration exactly like me. So why don't I share with other people? So that's how the idea, the summit ideas come from. I think it's great. I was really intrigued about it when you first told me. And we're, we're at different spots in our careers these days. But uh, we, we, we both share a couple similarities, which is I love these. Do- I love doing these interviews because I love talking yeah. to other people about product management. And I'm always learning something new you know, in the process, which is just wonderful. It's, and it's a great way to help others, right? That we're helping others learn more about this craft of product management and how to, how to deliver value through products and services. You have a good perspective now as someone who's moved into product management for about a year now. Yeah. As I was talking to you before, you, you came from a really, in my mind, kind of an ideal background of having some experience in software development and some experience in, in marketing and mm-hmm. being able to have that that basis. And and then, interestingly enough, not everyone will appreciate this. I sure do. You also did some copywriting. Yeah. And I mentioned that because copywriters, for people that don't know, you know, th- these are the people that craft the messages that fundamentally are trying to persuade us to take action as consumers, right? Whether that's direct mail communications or what shows up on a package, you know, on a box or something or anything else. And it requires keen insights into the consumers to craft those messages well. And that shares a lot of similarities in, in product management, uh, having those key insights. So as a relatively new product manager here with a, a year of experience under your belt, 
and the added benefit of having talked to lots of pe- people in product management and getting ready for your summit here, you have come across some pitfalls or, or mistakes uh, that product managers early in their careers run into. And I think those would be useful to share. Yeah. And I know you put a, uh, together a list for me earlier. Uh, let's, let's just pull some of those out. Uh, start wherever you like. Uh, what's a key pitfall you've, uh, you've ran into? I think for me, is the first one is try to know everything about teleco because I'm working at a OTT solution company. It is highly teleco. Uh, I have some MIT graduate working on some maybe facial recognition, those kind of things. And then as a people who has only two years of pure teleco experience, I feel really uncomfortable at the time. And at the beginning, I just thought about it. Uh, maybe it is only uh, me who have this frustration. But I started to reach out to other product managers. They have the same issue too. And I think the reason why we have that is because, first of all, we don't know what is uh, product management. Hmm. Don't know clearly about it. And second of all, we don't know about the technical side. So that we really want to lean towards something that to be so concrete. But after I learned about product management for a little while, and then I have to know, I know that I have to be good, good enough to build the product right. And then it is going to be good enough for my job. I know it is kind of fake, but it is really way to do to about the technical side. Mm-hmm. When we look at the space of product management and what companies tend to hire, and I appreciate you pointing out that this is still relatively new in Hong Kong, you know, the, the mm-hmm. discipline of product management. From what I've learned, it, it seems to be the strongest in the U.S. by far, and there's quite a bit of interest in Germany and growing in the U.K., and it's kind of moving across you know, the, the, the benefits mm-hmm. of this discipline. But the, when you look at companies who hire product managers – they, they tend to have some bias, right? Like they want someone who has a really strong business uh, competency or they want someone who has a really strong technical competency or they tend to like the design competency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a combination of those has to fit. But th- this uh, you know pitfall of trying to know everything about the technical aspects, I think does get us in trouble for a few reasons. One, we might not pull it off, right? It depends on what our background is. Um, Mm. And if we're faking it, the engineers, the developers are are going to know. Mm. And I don't think it serves us well because we might get too caught up. This is a common mistake with product managers, too caught up in the solution and Mm. not staying focused on the customer and what the customer needs. Totally agree. It's a great one to start with. Thank you for sharing that. I call this short segment, I wish I had known that sooner. Because when I train product managers, the most frequent thing I hear is, I wish I had known that sooner. Don't we all feel that way some of the time? We learn something that could really make us do our work better, and we just wish we would have known it sooner, we would have had fewer mistakes if we had. Well, sooner is now, because there's no better time than now to learn what we need to know to become a more successful product manager. I'm using my IDEA framework to provide context for this topic. Using IDEA as an acronym, there are four areas that contain our work as product managers. Ideate, this is where ideas are generated that create business opportunities and solve business problems. Develop, here ideas are transformed into tangible products or tangible services. The E, evolve. This is the product life cycle for managing the product from launch through growth and finally retirement. 
And finally, the A in idea, accelerate. These are the practices that enhance the performance of the rest of the idea framework, the ideate, develop, and evolve components. In develop, we make the product or service real. This is a process, specifically a business process, which is implemented by people, it contains methods, and it uses tools to develop products. So it's a process with three elements, people, methods, and tools. Let's talk about the people aspect. When you think of people, who comes to mind? At least in this context of a project. Of course, there's the cross-functional product team, and this is a small team, around six people or so, from different functions in the organization, such as design, development, marketing, project management, and product management. The functions vary by organization, of course. And also, part of people is the executive support that we need for a project. A senior leader is needed who can get us the resources for the project and also defend our use of those resources when another project may also want them. But there is another important part of the people element, and that would be customers. And if you thought of them first, you deserve a gold star or maybe an extra treat next time you go to Starbucks because you earned it. I'm personally a sucker for their sweet potato chips, but I digress. The customer continues to be part of the people aspect of the product management effort, even during development. It's just not in the very first, you know, the front end part of ideation. We have to keep the customer in focus during development too. And that's because the most effective product management and innovation almost always starts with a clear focus on customers and their problems. And this focus needs to continue throughout the project. Think of product development as being customer-driven. Beyond creating a great product, we really need to create a great customer experience. That is how product managers beat the competition and create competitive differentiation by creating a better customer experience. So when it comes to the process of developing a product, while several people are involved, start with the customer and encourage the entire product team to do the same. Let your work be customer-driven. To learn more about this and other practices that equip product managers and innovators to excel in their careers using the IDEA framework, go to theeverydayinnovator.com slash IDEA. It contains all the information product managers should know sooner and not later, helping you move from product manager to product master. I hope you enjoyed the segment. I wish I had known that sooner. Let's move on to, the, to another one. Oh, okay. The second big mistake is that you always do the hands-on work by yourself hmm. because you are you feel uncomfortable by yourself. Hey, I don't exactly know what product management is. I come here to, for a job. I want to have de- deliverable. And if you want to have a deliverable, maybe I just build something. I just uh, deliver something for my boss. And then I just keep work and work and work and work. And and then you get the, the customers. Uh, so I think that's the second big mistake that most product management will be done. So you have felt some pressure to actually just get something delivered, something built, right? You're, uh, yeah. Yourself individually. What's the team environment like that you're in? Because it seems like the the solution to this pitfall, you know, of, of feeling this need to do the work yourself is being a part of a team and the team's delivering the the making the deliverable, delivering the product. What's that team environment like for you? For the product team, it is about, uh, including me, uh, at the beginning, it was only two people, and now it have four people. 
And also, I have to work closely with the project team, the uh, QA team, and the development team. The development team is like 40 people now. Uh, the project team is like 5 to 10. Yeah, 5 to 10. And the QA team is about the same size. A pretty significant capability for developing a software product. So you definitely have others that you can rely on for building out the product, right? Yeah, for sure. So, But there was this pressure as a new product manager to feel like you need to be also contributing something that sounds like real and tangible, right? My guess is from your software mm-hmm. development background that mm-hmm. you should also be contributing something to that work. Sometimes I do some hands-on coding too, because say like I have to do some data analytics visualization. I like I need to learn Kibana, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's, that's also part of the part of work, but I still have a very strong tendency to the customer side. I need to divide the problem space first and then the solution space. And that probably comes from your marketing perspective some. And that topic alone, we could dive into much more deeply. But part of this pitfall is recognizing where your kind of default strengths are. Like, you know, Mm. all of us, when we start getting stressed about things, we, we go to what we know. Right? Yeah, and, exactly. And thankfully, you know, you have some strengths in marketing and some strengths in development mm-hmm. to go back to. But it's easy for product managers, I think, to lose the bigger picture when we start getting stressed about those deliverables have to, having to get done. You need to know where does your fear come from. I think the fear comes from, mostly for me, I don't exactly know what product management is at the beginning. And once you don't know where your fear come from, you will do anything by your default pattern. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as you're, you're aware of your fear, oh, okay, I don't know much about portal management yet, so I have to learn this new case in, uh, not to do something I already know. Right. And after all, you were hired to do product management, so there is this added stress on you that you should know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think I, I've talked to other uh, new product managers, I had a great interview with three millennials, it was right now last year. Ah, I listened to that. Yeah, good. And that was just, for one, it was just a fun interview to do. It was, it was great, but it was also insightful to me. They ranged in experience from about six months to three years between them. You know, they all kind of said, you know, early on and still uh, for a couple of them, it's hard just to know what to do when they show up at work because they, they spend more of their time being responsive to things and not really having a bigger picture in mind of, of you know, things that do need to get done. Uh, kind of feeling their way through, you know, what is this thing called product management? It is a very great lead up for uh, the other people that are experienced. Uh, the episode you just mentioned, because say like they forget the big picture. It is a absolute people that I fall into uh, say that first of all I don't know about technical I just want to dive into technical right. and then I forget about the customer or the other things so it is not easy because once you bury your head into your work uh, you have the pressure you want to have deliverable and then you forget where why do why did you come here mm-hmm. you are doing product management you are not Another important realization for me is product management is a cross-functional unit in the mm-hmm. organization. It's very cross-functional. So 
Yeah, so that's why you really have to keep the big picture in mind. Up to the CEO level, down to whatever level that you need, you really need to know what's going on, uh, in all aspects within the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so for getting the big picture, I think it's another people that I experience. And that issue of it being cross-functional is very important to recognize. And it's also what gives product managers a significant advantage because there's not too many people in organizations that have that same perspective, that really see all the different functions and interact with them as much. It gives us advantages, especially as we move towards leadership roles. And that episode that we were talking about with the three millennial product managers is episode 114. So just a a quick note on that. If you want to find that, that's the everydayinnovator.com slash 114. Yeah, I adore that episode because for me, I'm I have only one year product management. So mm-hmm. uh, once I get into uh, listen to the Everyday Innovator podcast, uh, I see that oh, that's great because this episode, uh, the three product managers you interview, uh, they have uh, I think less than two years of experience. Uh, I, I just feel like oh, I just have a per- perfect fit, perfect background for me to learn from. So I adore right. that episode. Good. Glad, glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, the you know for the most part, my the work that I do is targeted towards people with you know a year or more. It really depends on what that experience is like, you know, of of product management experience. And thankfully, there's lots of good groups out there that are helping the people that want to get into product management or brand new to it. But every now and then, I have the opportunity to talk to talk to someone like you, and these are good insights to. We all run into these at some point, right, in some way, so regardless of our experience, so they're, they're good for us to talk through. So that was the pitfall of feeling like you need to do more hands-on work yourself and not really leveraging the team as much. What, what's another pitfall that you've ran into? Don't say low enough. That's a very big mistake that I learned. I think it also combines with another uh, pitfall. Is try, you want to try to piece everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you come from the background. Uh, you are the course functional unit in the, within the organization. You have the whole picture and everyone comes to you. Uh, maybe in my case, oh, okay, I have copywriting background, I have marketing background, I have developing background. I can, uh, and because you are afraid of have no deliverable, what I did actually, I pitched to the development team, hey, I can do hands-on coding. I don't know what I'm doing right now. Uh, maybe for the product marketing. Hey, I can do copywriting. I do, mm. I can do copy marketing. Uh, I can do customer research. But, uh, so this, the, uh, the first before, um, uh, I think you, you are trying to piece everyone. But once you do that, uh, you, for, you forget your customers. You have to part as a product manager, you have to prioritize for, uh, your job. For your customers, uh, maybe today you are doing marketing job for the customers. It is a good fit, but maybe tomorrow it it isn't. So it uh it changes from time to time. So mm-hmm. I think stop trying to piece everyone. To be clear, you have to piece your customer. Not uh, I, I you still have to get along with your colleagues, but uh, keep your customers sure. in mind. So try, don't try to piece everyone. It is a very Big mistake. So if you don't want to try to piece everyone, you have to say no more often than you think. So don't say no enough is another big pitfall I fall into. Uh, I think uh, most of the product people that I met, they are always a nice people. 
as long as uh, you are nice people, you always want to say yes to everything because people come for help and mm-hmm. you want to help them. But, uh, but if you want to have a bigger impact for your customer, for your company, uh, you can't say yes to everything because we all have limited quality power and also the unrealable time, uh, resources, which is called time. So, right. yeah. So you have to say no enough to cater the value for your customers. So these two big pitfalls, don't try to, pe- uh, uh, is, uh, try to please everyone and say yes to too much. Right. Saying no is important. And I think part of that comes back to what you were talking about earlier is of just knowing what is product management and what should I be doing? Oh, and yeah. again, that's why I like, like frameworks so much, right? And, mm-hmm. and you, you've seen the one I think I created called the idea framework for you know, what, what's the big picture of product management? We do uh, idea, IDE, right? So ideation, development, evolving the product in the marketplace, evolve, and then accelerating, make everything better. And things like that are so useful just so that you have an idea of based on where we are with this product right now, and it's life as a project, what should I be doing? <laughs> and and I can imagine your environment where, you know, if marketing needs help with something and you jump in, it's like, mm-hmm. wow, marketing's getting a free resource for a while, you know, and development needs help with something and you jump into that. It's like, well, developing's getting a free resource for a while. And the function of product management then, then gets kind of ignored for a while, right? Mm, yeah. Setting your those boundaries and keeping your focus on the customer providing them value is good Good wisdom that you shared. Actually, I think it is kind of overlapping with the P4 that we just discussed before, forgetting mm-hmm. the big picture. Because hmm. I, I think right now I understand that as a product manager, you ha- really your job is uh, maybe sometimes you have still to do the hands-on work. Maybe you have to write the PLD, you have to write a test case, whatever. But most of the job is to do communication. You have to uh, weave all of the different parties work together and then make sure everything fits together. So mm-hmm. if you are really, so you really have to keep the big picture in mind to do all this. So forget the big picture. I just want to be stressed that uh, it is another big pitfall. Yeah, absolutely. These issues do go together of not being able to say no enough, you know, trying to please everyone and losing track of this big picture a little bit. In this process, so you're working cross-functionally, you're building relationships with people, uh, you're also having some relationship with the customers and what they want, and particularly from the, I make an assumption or just based on my background too as an engineer, I would expect there's some emotional attachment that comes along the way to this product that you're building. Yeah, exactly. What do you think about that? Is that a positive thing or a negative thing? It's a tough question. First of all, I love coding. Once you love coding, you will get emotionally attached to the product. And once you get emotionally to the product, sometimes it will, you will go down the rabbit hole. You just focus on the solution space. Uh, uh, and that's the time that you have to get yourself out of that space to focus on the problem space again. Uh, I can't really say it is a good or bad because uh, getting emotional attached to your product may be okay. Uh, maybe I should reframe. Uh, if I reframe the product, uh, it will be better. If 
you were thinking about your product as a message to communicate with your customer. Uh, so getting emotional attached to the product, it will be good because today I think the message uh, communicating with the customer is not good enough. So I have to enhance it. So how can I enhance it? So that's where the everyday innovation comes from. Uh, you have to take a good balance of that. Uh, mm-hmm. How to not get too emotional attached to the product. Because sometimes if you get, because uh, in so many companies, you have so many different product lines, right? Uh, if you only fall into one product line, uh, that might not be the vision of the company. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the vision of the company is maybe, oh, I want to cater for all of the things. But as a junior product, uh, junior product manager, uh, you may be just responsible for one product. But you need to ah, uh, you need to remember the big picture of the company again, the vision. I, I do think, as you said, you, you love coding, right? As an engineer, I love the engineering work, the solving the problem. And it is particularly easy for many product managers to get too emotionally attached to the solution they're working on. And if 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 you love doing that with, as part of the team and seeing the team develop this thing, you know. At some point, it's easy to lose sight of what the customer actually needs mm. because you're so invested now in this solution that you've built up. And yeah, if you exactly. find out that it's the wrong solution, mm. that you went the wrong path, and you mm. find that out sooner, it's hard to admit that, I think, right? And, and not want to see the thing that you worked so hard on not succeed. And sometimes we spend too much time trying to make it succeed when we know we really need to just go in a different direction. Especially if you have the developer background, maybe sometimes we will talk about performance, we will talk about speed, those mm-hmm. kind of things. And for, but for the customer side, they all they care about is the user experience. So yeah, I think that's the key thing that you, we have to keep in mind. Yeah, right. Apple is certainly an appropriate example at times, right, of their... Across the board, we can look at anything, but when it comes to raw performance, you know, maybe not not as great as other things, right? So, yeah. they're, you know, if you love Apple, you may may not admit to knowing that they, you know, lag technology a good year or so often, but they're a highly usable device, and, and if yeah, people, exactly. you know, badly want uh, an iPhone. Actually, I think uh, Steve Jobs is the uh, very admired product manager by so many speakers. I talked to so many uh, speakers uh, in my summit and uh, they admire uh, Steve Jobs because he makes this user experience so great mm-hmm. for people. And then uh, I think there is a quote from Steve Jobs before. Uh, it also tied back to one of the pitfalls that we just discussed. Uh, I don't remember the exact quote, but it's something like, uh, I'm get that. Uh, I can build great things because I say no to all of other things. You have to know what to say no to so you can say yes to the things that really matter. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. And speaking of quotes, this has been a really good discussion about some of the, the pitfalls uh, that new, new product managers can run into and others of us also, certainly. <laughs> I do love quotes. And as we wrap up our interview time, I always like to ask for a quote. Tell us the quote that you brought and why you chose that one. Be useful to others. Uh, actually, it is a quote that I inherit from my hero, Derek Sivers. It is not something in the phrase quote, but it, this quote pretty drive almost every decision I make in my life. Hmm. Uh, every project that I do, uh, right now I'm 
I having I'm having a product management gig. Every decision that I made, I'm trying to be useful to others. Uh, I think that uh, will drive the uh, that will drive the innovation because at the end of the day, uh, we just build the product, the customer love. You want to make your company to be comfort uh, to be profitable. Uh, you want to uh, cater value for the people around you. So if you keep asking yourself to be useful to others, you will do a great job mm-hmm. because every time, uh, uh, I'm not saying that you can't do things uh, just for fun. But most of the time, if you uh, maybe, oh, I want to learn some new things, I will, keep, I will just ask myself, is this new thing be, uh, can be useful to others? That's the question that I ask. So, yeah, that's why I'm. Uh, that's why I'm speaking uh, at Chess Podcast at your podcast uh, because I want to be useful to others and I want to let other people know. Uh, if you are a novice product manager, you are not alone. Uh, every single one experiences the same frustration mm-hmm. like you do, and if you want to be useful to others, you need to learn from maybe a podcast like this, and then you need to also share your knowledge with others. Don't just let it go into your head. You have to share with others. Uh, of course, it, uh, for me, uh, it is also self-benefit because once I share the knowledge with others, I, I'm happy because I, I, just, I don't want to just let this knowledge go get only into my head. So it's this win, 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 win. So yeah, be useful to others is a very great call. This is a great quote. Be useful to others. Uh, Derek Server is the creator of CD Baby. And it's a nice short quote. I like that. Be useful to others. And you're also doing a good service as product management is growing as a discipline in, in Hong Kong. Uh, I'm sure there's there's others there that will listen to this and listen to the work that you're doing with the summit. And that would be of high value to them. It's interesting to me that of the professional associations that I am glad to support, AIPMM and PDMA, Mm. PDMA has been doing a lot of work in China recently, and the oh, their new product development professional has become uh, quite popular. And uh, there's been hundreds and hundreds of product managers getting certified and as a new product development oh. prof- professional in China. So it's uh it's great to see it starting to product management starting to become a more recognized discipline across the world. Thank you for sharing the quote with us. Please tell listeners how they can find out about the product management summit that you have put together and anything else that you want to leave us with. Just go to productmanagersummit.com, P-R-O-D-U-C-T-M-A-N-A-G-E-R-S-U-M-M-I-T.com and subscribe to, to the summit because it is free. That's where I interview 30 world-class product leaders. That's where I learn from all these people and you can learn all this knowledge for free. And please take it seriously because for me, without interviewing these 30 world-class product leaders, I can learn the knowledge uh, in a rapid-fire way, really rapid-fire because uh, the framework that they are giving us uh, the knowledge they are sharing with us. Uh, you will get the bearing really fast enough by only this summit. I can really tell because uh, I think uh, as we just uh, I just discussed with uh, Chad, the idea framework. One of the 
uh, framework for the office portal managers. If you don't have those those kind of framework, uh, you don't know where to start. You don't know where to focus on. And this summit uh, will level up your portal skill by giving you the focus. So subscribe to portalmanagersummit.com. You will become a great portal master. Excellent. And I will make sure those links show up in the show notes for this episode too, productmanagersummit.com. Errol, thank you for your time. Thank you just for your enthusiasm. You've jumped into product management. You learned so much quickly by doing the summit. I just want to applaud you for taking time as a new product manager to recognize that there's so much more to learn. And you you dove into the deep end of the pool quickly to really take that on. And I look forward to seeing the other speakers at the summit. Also, one more time, that was productmanagersummit.com. Thank you so much, Chad. Uh, I'm honored to be here. I'm always, uh, I love this show. So I'm, I like to contribute to your show. Thanks. I appreciate you listening and for everyone else too. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Find a summary of the discussion at theeverydayinnovator.com slash 154. Also, don't forget to learn more about the foundational course for making your move from product manager to product master. That's the idea framework. And you'll find it for a special price just for listeners at theeverydayinnovator.com slash idea. Stands for the idea framework, I-D-E-A. Keep innovating. Thank you for listening to The Everyday Innovator, which teaches product managers to become product masters. For more resources, please visit our blog at theeverydayinnovator.com.